Welcome to the Next Dimension Podcast, your portal to an extended reality. Every week we talk about the hottest topics in XR and let you join the discussion live on MRTV. And now, get ready for another exciting episode coming up. Hi and welcome to Season 3, Episode 4 of the Next Dimension Podcast, your podcast that is all about VR and AR. I'm so looking forward to today's episode. We have him here, the man who is really opinionated and who's not afraid to voice his opinion. Hi, Matteo311. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad to have you back on the show. Your second time here, and I'm very much looking forward to this show. Also here with us, Tatiana, the woman who had hands-on with the Quest Pro. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Happy to be on the show with a with a guest that I've never been live yet. So that's gonna be fun. Yeah, it's gonna be an amazing show. Great. Yeah, and also with me, Sebastian Ang, founder of MRTV and the host of this podcast. And I'm really doing fine. Looking forward to talk with you about the Quest Pro and about the Meta Connect and about the Pico 4 that Matteo also has reviewed. So I'm looking forward to find out about his opinions about the device. Oh, super shiny. <laughs> it, yeah. it is. It is. I'm give away secrets on my <laughs> yeah. screen. I got to watch how reflective it is. <laughs> You're right. It is super reflective. <laughs> yeah. So cool to have you both on the show. So for all of you who don't know the Next Dimension podcast, this show is broadcast live every Saturday at 9 p.m. London, 8 p.m. No, no, 9 p.m. Berlin, 8 p.m. London, noon in San Francisco, and 3 p.m. in New York City. And, well, you can watch it live here or you can listen to the audio podcast and the shows everywhere where you can find podcasts. And, well, if you like the show, please give it a five-star review on iTunes. Get out your iPad or iPhone, find the podcast app, find this show, and give it a five-star review. That would be so amazing. All right, so today we're going to talk about the Quest Pro, obviously, about, yeah, about everything, what we think about it, about the price, about the controllers, about the show, how it was presented to us, about Tatiana's first um, hands-on sessions with the device, and also about the MetaConnect in general, like the games, yeah, and the whole, the whole, um, yeah, the, the whole industry right now, will this make an impression? And what what do we think about it? <laughs> yes, right. Yeah. And also, like I said, we're going to talk about the Pico 4 again. I want to hear Matteo's opinion about it. Yeah, before we get into the topics, I first want to ask Matteo, for all of the people who don't know you yet, what are you doing on on YouTube and why should people subscribe to your <laughs> amazing channel? <laughs> Elevator pitch. <laughs> Make me sell myself. Um, <laughs> yes, please, please do if you want. So I've been... Uh, Doing the whole YouTube thing for a little bit over three years now. Um, it, it's a creative outlet for me, or at least it started that way. Uh, I, you know, just wanted to do something, wanted to be more involved in VR and the community because I just fell in love with VR instantly. And then I started making content, which was the same content I was always looking for. Like, you know, what games are good to play, what's out there, stuff like that. Uh, so I just started making content that I used to look for, that I used to, you know, there used to be other people in the vr uh, content creator community that i used to look up to so i made you know but i wanted to make sure it had like my own mateo spin on it and from there i do you know um sometimes game reviews but not as often but more like hardware reviews opinion pieces what's going on in the industry just, just like you know keeping people informed making sure they get my opinion on on topics 
trying to stay level-headed, open-minded, and that's about it. I like it. And you are so close to 50,000 subscribers. I was just amazing. checking it too. Congratulations, <laughs> right? So, so Thank please, I'm, I'm, after the show, I'm going to put the link to your channel down under, the, under this video and also under the audio podcast. So please subscribe to Matteo311. Yeah, independent guy and yeah, super cool. So do it. Yeah, nice. And uh, this is not your, your full-time gig, right? You are like working full-time next to it or did it change so since last time we talked? I was. Um, in May, I left my job. Oh, wow. Really? Wow. Yeah. Full-time on YouTube now? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty much full-time on YouTube. See, I, I feel weird Congrats, saying yes man. to that question only because <laughs> I don't put in full-time hours. It's an insult to people who do YouTube full-time. Right. Um, no, no. I'm know, not, I don't I feel insulted. I probably about 20 hours a week <laughs> Perfect, to YouTube. Um, yeah. I kind of set myself up, you know, I for, for years now, I knew I wanted out of, you know, corporate America. It was making me insane. I was going gray faster than I should be going. Well, maybe not. I'm in my 40s. Uh, but anyway, it was accelerating the aging process. But I, I just didn't, you know, I, I was losing it. So I, you know, did a lot of savings, made a, you know, a lot of decent financial decisions, uh, left pretty well off and said, well, listen, uh, even if Perfect. I have to go back to work, I don't have to do it for at least a year. So let me Great. just do the YouTube thing, see how it goes. I'm enjoying the ride. Um, it's not definitely not close to the same amount of money. <laughs> but but it's okay. The family's doing okay. Well, like can it. I ask you a question? If you Shoot. were to get a job in, a, in you know, not in corporate America the way you're referring to, but in the VR industry, uh, like many of the content creators are actually jumping on, you know, working with some game dev companies or I myself work in SideQuest and I love it. So it's yeah. kind of like my full-time job, but I can't really separate it from YouTube because it's so interconnected and I love it, even though it's a lot of work. Would that be something you're open to? So I do love the freedom I have now. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the things was because I did work full time and I worked like 45 hours a week, 50 hours a week. My wife is never home. She works like 60 plus hours a week. Wow. I have two young kids yeah. and I was just cramming this all in. Plus, I also loved it at the gym all the time. So if I was cramming everything in. I made myself insane. Like I developed insomnia. I was starting to lose it. So I just said, I got to change something. Um, so the only issue I have about going into, you know, working for one of these companies, I feel like, well, I'm just going to I'm going to lose all the free time that I've gained. Like right now, everything's on my schedule, which is it's a nice freedom. But I'm also the it's parent amazing. who's, you know, always cooking dinner, always taking the kids to school, always picking the kids up, uh, always taking them to doctor appointments, always picking them up when they get sick. So I not only do I like that freedom, I kind of need that freedom for our family's sake. So I'm mm -hmm. not quick to jump to working for one of these companies, even though that's, you know, in many ways that would have been my childhood dream come true. Right. Makes sense. Yeah, it's great that you have this freedom now, that you have more time with your family, right? <clears throat> and who knows, probably, yeah, YouTube can also be a decent job. So I think it's a great, exciting decision for you. So cool to hear that. That is exciting. Yeah. So everyone, please subscribe to Matteo311 get him over the 50k um yeah mark so it's it's very close probably uh, tomorrow or i don't know like this week next week you're gonna have it hopefully that's gonna be cool yeah, i think i was like 100 away okay cool perfect nice yeah thanks mateo so tatiana tell us about your crazy week it should have been like unbelievable right or, or what i mean yeah tell us tell us about the whole story how you got your hands onto that quest pro that everyone wants to touch <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to how to 
describe like the story how it happened but yeah it's it's completely insane and i'm definitely feeling you know very honored that um i was selected to kind of uh, get this opportunity to test it ahead of time ahead of the release and that was phenomenal but of course after that happened and after we were already you know done our review and we were waiting for our um like briefing materials and b-rolls that's when it kind of started hitting me like this is huge like i really need to do a good job presenting it and getting my thoughts and that was like the probably the biggest project i had to undertake on my channel so that added a lot, a lot to my stress and probably for the past you know for the last four days before meta connect i was like working nonstop on the videos because i i decided right. to to give the best coverage i split it into three like the general video review about all the impressions and all the most important things, then more of an accessory look on controllers and charging dock and whatnot, and the actual VR experiences. So because I tried these four uh, mixed reality apps, I didn't want to just brush through them in the main video, or I didn't want to make the video like 20 minutes long. And so each of these video was like a separate piece. And I... I don't know why I decided to do it this way. It probably would be easier to just do a 30-minute long video. Um, yeah, but after that, of course, like I wanted to keep up, keep with my community, and I made a Q&A session the next day on Wednesday. So we had another almost two-hour-long uh, live stream where I would just be answering as many questions as I could, as I had the knowledge of. Um, people joined the live stream, and it was really phenomenal. I, I don't live stream on my channel nearly as much as I should. <laughs> I realize that because I really enjoy it. Uh, and I managed to provide a lot more information about the headset then, even um, you know, compared to the videos that I made, made because mm -hmm. I, I got a chance to like dig really deeper into those questions because I wasn't constrained on the time. Right. And um, yeah, and I guess, by now, I, I don't have the hazard right now in my studio. I don't have the Pico 4 yet either. So I decided to relax a little bit and play That's some nice. games, which is <laughs> I like something I, I miss doing. And um, um, and oh, yesterday we were playing this game, Cosmo Dread. Cosmo Not Dread. Cosmo Dread. It's, it's the new game that just came out, like uh, Cosmo something 2000, where you're an astronaut. Oh. Hmm. I think I know that one. I haven't played it though. Me neither. Um, it's a really, it's like a realistic uh, astronaut simulator where you're on on the spaceship and you're following the commands and and you're trying to keep like yourself alive. You're trying to um, like maneuver with the asteroids and dock to the uh, ISS uh, station. And it's, I really like those kind of realistic simulators because it's not just silly a spaceship maneuvering mm -hmm. it's more of a realistic experience and we actually managed to complete it in one day <laughs> in one sitting it was shorter than we thought but it was really nice to kind of um get back into gaming a little bit after going the really hardcore into hardware <laughs> yeah. yeah and now tonight, you know how and i feel when i have a new headset it's very stressful. i don't know how you do <laughs> i mean i i want to keep doing that but i need to be better with my like time management and also tonight i will be streaming a game live on my channel for the first time Okay. And that's also super exciting. I will be streaming. Um, actually, I'll be streaming a game that was created in conjunction with Horizon um, Worlds. So there is a, a like a PC game, 
and an Android, like a, a mobile game, and they created a VR version of that. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to play that <laughs> with seven other creators. Uh, the name of the game is State of Survival. Okay. And um, it's up to eight players. Four of them are survivals, and another four are zombies. Okay, so the zombies will funny. try to get the survivals. Survivals will try to su- survive, get to the top of the building, uh, wave at the helicopter, and escape. Okay. So um, we'll, we'll see how it goes. It's going to be really messy, but it should be really fun because it's like seven other creators, and it's all going to be live streamed on all, all right. of our channels. That sounds fun. It's going to be out uh, on the Quest Store soon, or...? Oh, it's it's just a Horizon Worlds. It's just a world created in Horizon. Uh, ah, Worlds. okay, okay. Yeah, I totally so, cannot play this in Germany. There's no Horizon Worlds, <laughs> unfortunately. So sad. It's still haven't taken care of it. Yeah. Hmm. Intercosmos 2000. There you go, gaming science teacher. Thank you. That okay. uh, astronaut game. I really recommend if you're into realistic uh, simulators with a little plot twist. Right. Right. Um, nice. Yep. 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 Cool. That's what's been going on. <laughs> yeah, great. I'm waiting um, for my Pico 4. Perfect. That's cool. Yeah, you will like it, I think. Yeah, also, <clears throat> I told you already that I really appreciated and enjoyed your videos about the Quest Pro, and I especially loved it that you simply told the people your honest opinions. You know, especially when you're one of the first people who gets who gets some hardware, People will always think like, oh, okay, biased, yeah, she's, he or she is one of the first people, so, so she must say good things about it, right? But no, you didn't, you didn't just say good things, you also showed people your marks here <laughs> on the forehead, <laughs> right? So yeah, that's, uh, so I just want to say, I, I appreciated your coverage about the device. Thank you, thank you. Well, we weren't, you know, there wasn't any conditions on yeah, what we is, should or shouldn't say. That is like um, surprising, honestly honest speaking, opinion? because I know normally like Meta is very hands-on, <laughs> to say the least, with with this kind of th- stuff, right? So when you told me that you don't have any kind of like, uh, yeah, that they don't want to see your stuff first or stuff or something, mm-hmm. well, I was surprised. Really. I, I think we had this discussion like earlier, um, the teams at Meta like, changing all the time, the way okay. they're handling the okay. content creators relationships. And so I, I, I assume the people who are working on this kind of relationships now are not maybe the same people who are doing, who are having this kind of job two years ago. So things are changing and the way it is now absolutely works for me uh, okay. because my freedom is not being, you know, taken over my channel is still my channel and my opinions are all my own and that's that's like the relationship that i i'm happy was, was this yeah. handled through the ambassador program or just separately directly from meta it was the ambassador program but okay. um there as you can see there was a limited uh, number yeah. of um, ambassadors who were invited yeah. right right yeah good but good to know that it was not so hands-on that you could do your own thing so that is, uh, yeah, that's good to hear. We'll, well see if they invite me ever again in the future. <laughs> okay, <but laughs> yeah, that's, that's it, Tatiana. You're out. <laughs> I mean, I think yeah. credibility is extremely important now. I think, you yeah. know, like the ambassador program understands that. Um, listen, content creators are always going to be accused of being biased no matter what. Uh, I've been called a meta hater a thousand <clears throat> times, even though, Same you here. know, I just say my open opinion. You know, if I like a, a you know, Resident Evil 4, it's great. Uh, okay, it's great. You know, I, I I can just saying what I say, but 
I think they're really finally realizing like, okay, credibility is top notch. Let the people say yeah. what they will. If they just say nothing but it's amazing, I'm never listening to that person again. That's the point. That's the point. That's why I, I wrote to Meta and I told them, hey, wouldn't it be smart to also have other people review the headset early, like who are not part of this ambassador program, because it will give everyone more credibility. Also the ambassadors who will get it, right? But no answer, unfortunately. Oh. <laughs> I mean, the ambassadors have to get some special treatment. Of Otherwise, course, yeah. why am I an ambassador? Yeah, you're right. That makes sense. That yeah. makes sense. But I understand what yeah. you're saying, especially with all the kind of bad publicity that was um, following this program everywhere, you know, every, everywhere the ambassadors went. And I kind of went through this too. And I'm like, look, the only way for us to prove them wrong and to show that this is, you know, we're still maintaining our um, credibility and loyalty to our own aspirations and not not what the, the company wants us to do is to show it through our content. That's it. And people are entitled to their own opinions and they might have those opinions regardless of what you do. You have no control over that. But I can be honest to myself. I know that I'm what I'm doing is I'm um, like the, the principles and the priorities that I've had about my channel, which is to be honest, to, to express my opinions and to not be biased by some kind of like what you say, special treatment is is the standard that I'm holding myself to and my channel to. And I, you know, I was just confident that if I kept doing that, it's going to shine through and eventually, yeah, eventually a, things are going did. to change. So, <laughs> so I hope that this is what's happening. <laughs> yeah, sure. Hope so too. Anyways, Meta. Yeah, right. Mateo and I'm ready to review the Quest Pro. <laughs> Right. I, I, I really well. hope that you... Even as a non-ambassador, <laughs> we're ready to give it a fair treatment. Of course, right? I mean, I've had lots of conversations with the ambassador program for okay. a long time. Okay. I've had I lots of conversations. <laughs> um, it goes back and forth. Um, and, and again, like I, I've always said from the beginning, the ambassadors, you know, I don't think they're doing anything deceitful. I, I have seen the contracts and, you know, I don't think there's anything, you know, malicious in there or forcing you to say stuff, or at least, you know, yeah, contracts from ever ago. But I think it's even better now. Again, though, maybe it's just not right for me. I don't know. I haven't felt the need to go in that direction. Could change. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, anyways, mm -hmm. it's it's great that, Tatiana, you reviewed it or you had look look at it, and it was just like your content that we always enjoy. So that's really cool. Yeah. Okay. So um, let me tell you guys about my week as well. So yeah, I did lots of Pico content. Obviously, it's <laughs> the most exciting thing right now. Yeah. Until I have the Quest Pro. So yeah, here it is. I did, I did a video like, okay, Pico 4 against Quest 2. Is it worth it for Quest 2 owners to upgrade to the Pico 4? I think it depends, right? Yes. And no, no, if you just want to play the exclusive games on the Quest 2, like Beat Saber and Resident Evil, you won't find them on the system. But yes, for many other cases. <laughs> so watch the video. Then I checked out the Quest, the, the, the Pico 4 with Microsoft Flight Simulator. Unfortunately, I must say no. <laughs> uh, Reverb G2 and Pico Neo 3 Link are better because they have the direct DisplayPort connection. So also... This is not um, like the perfect headset. I would have loved the DisplayPort connection, but uh, we don't have it here. But yeah, for streaming, it's great. Then I made a video how to import this to the United States. And Matteo, let me ask you right now, um, can you simply um, yeah, start the Pico for the European version and, and play and, and buy games? How does it work? Yeah, 
You yeah. could you could literally just turn it on. Great, um, great, 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 great to know. <laughs> Good Very to great to app, know. <laughs> the app is not there in um, okay. like if I go to the Play Store and look for the app, but you don't need it. it. Yeah, but you someone don't need sent it, right? me to load it, but I, ne I didn't bother. Okay, uh, okay. You know, I turned on the headset. Right in the headset, it's like make an account. I made an account, and boom. Uh, I'm good Perfect. to go. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. That's great. But I already had a Pico account for my Pico 3, so right, I literally right. just logged in. Nice. And boom, I can go. I had oh. no issues. Okay, that is so good news. So now I can yeah, tell I everyone mean, you can you can import it now from Amazon Co UK or Amazon DE or XR Shop and you can play the games. Oh, perfect. Matteo, this is so good. Good to know. Yeah, and then it asks what country you're in. US is not an option. So I said UK. Yeah. Um, okay. Now Maybe I'm downloading from, you know, I'm downloading my games from servers Who across cares? the country. Who cares? Maybe. I, I can't say. I didn't do any, like, download testing time because um, I would usually click download on, like, 10 games and just throw the headset right. in the corner and come back later. Right. Uh, but, um, yeah, so I, I didn't see anything preventing me from using it right. as I normally would. Great. Okay, good news. So everyone who's in the States or in other countries where it doesn't launch now, um, yeah, you can totally import it. Amazon is your friend or another shop and you can play the games. That is really good news for, for many people because I know in the US you don't have it, but I think lots of people want it. Yeah. So that is good. Yeah, yeah, I was also concerned about the restrictions because you can order it and receive it, but is it actually going to have all the features and all the access then uh, if there has any, you know, location kind of restrictions so it's good to know that there aren't really perfect um and i just sent an official statement from sidequest on pico 4 to you sebastian yeah. i don't yeah, know if you've I, I seen see that it now. yeah i see it now yeah what is it about well essentially shane decided to make this statement because we have been receiving lots of questions on whether sidequest would be supporting pico and i think that it's a reddit post i can um can probably share can i share the link in the comments here, here. yeah you can yeah. of course of course I'm, I'm just looking at it right now so we are yeah, looking at it so, so what yeah, does if it you say want to read, so essentially it says that as sidequest is supporting any headset really that's android based like htc vive uh focus uh by flow <laughs> pico neo like all the picos like and and so as long as they are running on android but that being said you know uh, those platforms have not had that much value before because there weren't any games um, that would um, okay, be right. because of obviously all the games that are built right now working on Quest 2. So this whole post is to um, spread awareness about the open XR and how this is absolutely brilliant and it's going to change the entire VR industry because now and even... Um, because now the same app can be built within the same Unity project. Yeah, yeah, that, and with that the is simple huge. changing that of the huge. check mark, you can yeah. change the build from Quest to Pico. And in the future, we hope that we will be developers will be able to create games within the same Unity projects, and they will have all the profiles that will work across all the headsets that are Android built. And this is going to be absolutely huge and like industry changing so with this statement of course yes uh there are going to be more games and uh sidequest is going like it, it, it was never a secret that we were going to support pico because it's android it's all about games and i recently made a tutorial for sidequest that would explain to developers just like a two-minute tutorial on how you, they can create the same unity project 
and, and have a build for Quest and for Pico 4 with just a simple click of a, a checkbox. Perfect. So it's, you see, it's so easy to port from uh, Quest 2 to amazing, Pico yeah. if it's OpenXR. So yeah, yes. our, our future is very bright. <laughs> our VR future, I think. Yeah, that is cool. That is cool. Yeah, okay, cool. So yeah, I did all these Pico videos, interesting stuff. If you want to check more, check simply check this channel, MRTV. All right, so before we get to the Quest Pro stuff, I have seen that Matteo has done a review about the Pico 4, and I, I haven't watched it, unfortunately. I didn't have the time, but now you're here, so I can simply ask you, Matteo, how do you like the, the Pico 4? How dare you not watching all of my content? <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry, how you're right. How dare you? Yeah. I mean, right. you know, I feel bad about creators. it. You have time to watch everybody's everything, right? <laughs> exactly. Now, yeah. Um, I actually, I actually really enjoy the Pico Four. Uh, it is a very solid device. It almost feels like their design approach was, okay, tell us everything annoying about a Quest Two, mm -hmm. and let's improve it. Now that doesn't mean they made leaps and bounds on every little issue, but like, you know, minor things from oh, your rings clash on your controllers. Right. Well, right. they they move the rings. Uh, you know, like, okay, we can make the screen look better. We can, we could have better lenses. We can make it more comfortable. We could use more like premium materials, like, you know, like everything like that across the board. I feel like the way they reposition the speakers helps with noise bleed. Now I wouldn't say I, I thought audio was a little bit better, but not enough to spend time on it. Be like, yeah, you're getting a huge audio upgrade. No, it's, it did sound a little bit better to me, but you know, subjective. But I think the position, there's less uh, noise bleed because my wife's always yelling about me about noise bleed on my Quest 2. She's like, how can you wear that? It's so loud. And I'm like, it, it sounds normal. Like, it's not loud. It, it just, it just, it's pretty much just as loud in the room as it is on my head on a, on a Quest 2. Uh, but I feel like that's a design approach. They said, like, everything that's kind of annoying on the Quest 2, let's, let's make it better. Mm -hmm. And most of those improvements are small. But their improvements across the board. Yeah, I agree. I think so too. So, uh, what do you think about the uh, FOV? Do you also feel it's bigger? It did feel slightly bigger. Yeah. And I actually um, used three seconds of your clip uh, where okay, you measured cool. the uh, the FOV. <laughs> that, that's fine. In my video, <laughs> that's good. Um, you know, because I said, listen, I don't run it through a program. Uh, I never trust companies for their FOV values because it right. really matters how how far you smush the lens up to your face. Um, right. All I did was kind of like Quest, Pico, loaded up the same game, okay, Quest, perfect. Pico, Quest, yeah, right. Pico, and kind of mm -hmm. just like looking, okay, what corner do I see? You know, how much right. black does it feel like is perceived here? I just went back and I'm like, okay, I would say the Pico is a little bit bigger. Mm -hmm. Not right. enough like an index, definitely not like a yeah. Pimax. No. Like the index, you would notice it like this. Exactly. Um, this one, you'd have to look for it. Right. Right, I agree. It's not like oh wow, this is so much be better. But yeah, it's yeah, it's a bit yeah, right. It's a bit better, and well, I also feel like the clarity is better because you don't have these god rays, right? You still yeah. also have some kind of glare, bit different, yeah. but it's not so annoying like these god rays. Would you agree with this? So what, like, basically what happens is it's it's really easy to overlook things over time. Like people be like, ah, oh, god rays aren't bad on the quest, but once you go a step up. It's harder to go down. So when I sit in my Pico exactly. for a few hours, exactly. put the Quest on, I notice, oh my God, glare, especially during loading screens, is horrendous. 
I noticed I can't stay in the sweet spot anymore. So edge to edge clarity isn't there. Um, obviously, you notice the resolution change. I feel like the OS is just a lot more snappier. Maybe it's the two, extra two gigs of RAM or whatever it is. But, you know, like the Quest, when you load up the menu, the, the whole thing like kind of stutters for a second and tries to make you nauseous. Right. Um, this felt way more like snappier. Now, the OS is kind of like slimmed down. Definitely like not bells and whistles, but I don't care. Like, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm in the main screen for 10 seconds before I get in a game. Agreed. So, yeah, I mean, I feel like you can definitely notice all of those things for sure when you get the Pico on for a while and then go back and you go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I noticed this. I noticed this. Exactly. Once you get used to the Pico 4 and then go back, exactly what you said, then you feel okay. Okay. <laughs> How could oh. I see this, not see this all the time? Like, yeah. now you can see that. Yeah. So what about the battery on Pico 4 compared to Quest 2? So um, I didn't do any like huge testing, but I drained it the first day I turned it on. I drained it twice in yeah. about uh, I did about two sessions that were both under three hours. Um, I probably get a little bit like five and a half hours out of, you know, two full battery drains, um, maybe maybe six. Um, I don't know. I, it's not like I was watching the clock and playing every single minute of that time. So I would say it's around the same as the Quest 2. Uh, you know, again, unless you're going to do a one-to-one -one test, you'll never really know how close, which I've seen people do. Exactly. And some people are saying, yeah, Pico's slightly better. Some people even said Pico's slightly worse. Um, but I, it found it to be around the same. Because I I saw the battery is considerably better, like fifteen yeah, three hundred milliamp hours. Yeah. So all this power is just being dispersed on better, a better pass through or some other features. I suppose that... it's because the pancake lenses they don't let um, so much light through, so they have to so the displays have to fire. Display. Exactly the same problem yeah. like the Quest Pro, right? So <laughs> that's why we don't have so good good battery life there. Yeah, so you can yeah. put something like the the Bobo there, which is amazing. And then you'll be fine. Yeah, so, mm -hmm. um, Matteo, what do you think about the comfort compared to the Quest 2? So, it is definitely a lot more comfortable for me. I know people said the, you know, the facial gasket doesn't fit their face, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then I was paranoid because people told me that before I got the headset. <laughs> and I thought I was like, oh, this, I'm going to be annoyed. It's not going to fit my face, right? And no, I thought, I, initially I felt I had to tighten it more than I normally tighten a headset. Okay. But... Um, no, I felt it, it It felt really nice. I like the material a lot better than what the Quest gives you. And uh, it, it's it's definitely comfy, uh, mm. for sure. Yeah. yeah and, and the weight too. distribution makes a big difference. Yeah, it's, it's mm -hmm. really good. Yeah. And the good thing and is, well, you can you can exchange those, those face gaskets. I'm sure there's going to be like third-party solutions yeah. like VR cover or whatever. So, yeah, that's that. That's, that's pretty nice as well. So what are your thoughts about the store? Obviously, the Quest store is bigger. Makes sense, right? But um, yeah, what are your thoughts about the store, how it is right now? Uh, the, I mean, the store looks competent. Like, you know, it's all the familiar games that you're used to, except for the ones that, you know, Meta is going to hold on to and not let anyone else have. <laughs> right. Your, your Beat Saber, your Population 1, uh, yeah. you know, a handful of other games, Resident Evil. Uh, but, you know, I opened it up and I said, this is a pretty full library. You know, and I was thinking of, okay, let me load up what games are my favorite that I always go back to to see if they're here. And they were there. Like, In Death was there. Um, and uh, Space Pirate Trainer was there. The one thing, it's a newer game, though. The one one game that I've been jumping into a lot lately that wasn't there was uh, Mother Gunship. Mm -hmm. So we'll see, you know, if they're eventually ever coming. 
But for the most part, everything I was looking for was there. I don't really play Beat Saber often, so I was yeah. happy. Um, have you tried any of the, or I think there's only one, right? Um, exclusive game? Is it even out? The dance? It's not out yet. I'm all about those exclusives because that's something that's going to be selling that has it. You know, of they course. need to find their own Beat Saber winning formula, which I don't, I don't know if they will, but still interesting what they are going to come up well, with. Well, I mean, Great. uh, just dance is a, you know, good direction to go. It's that same type of party activeness competitiveness to it uh not to say it's going to be as good as beat saber but it's a similar direction and it does seem like um uh, by dance is committed to throwing a lot of money Absolutely. into getting exclusive titles i think so too they they are they really want this they want to get into xr and yeah, they have a good launch, at least here in Europe, and unfortunately not in the States. So um, yeah, Matteo, what are your thoughts? Does Pico have a chance worldwide with this? Um, do you think they will come to the US market? And when? <laughs> what, what do you um, think? So I mean, I've had conversations with Pico. They approached me. Um, they uh, th That's a like, good sign, they, though, because you are in the US. <laughs> so I mean, <laughs> and yeah. And, and at first I thought, oh, crap, there, you know, if I'm getting a headset, I'm getting a headset months later than everybody, because I'm a right. guy in the US. Exactly. They don't, you know. You're right. You know, most of my market, you know, most of my viewers are in the U.S., so they don't really care about me. But they did approach me, and <laughs> and maybe they didn't realize I was in the, the U.S. until I started. But but you do sound like a U.S. based. On yeah. <laughs> um, There's a whole discussion um, about your accent in the yeah, chat, yeah, by the way. So yeah, I don't I know did, what they thought about. <laughs> it sounds see, American. Um, some of the oh god, the internet. The I will get one message. I love your accent. It's amazing. Followed by. You have the worst accent. You shouldn't be on the internet. <laughs> and right. I'm just like, and I posted them side by side. Yeah, right. That's funny. For me, they said like recently, "Oh, this is a foreign-sounding dude." <laughs> I said, "Yeah, I'm a foreigner." Yeah. Everyone has an accent. Exactly. That's fine. I like it. I love it. Yeah. But um, we were talking about what before accents. Um, yeah, about uh, the the pickle coming coming to the oh, US yes. or not? <laughs> yeah. So they contacted me. They at least implied that they're coming to the US. Okay. Good, um, but good no no dates. No dates, of course. Yeah. yeah, okay, good news. Sounds good that they implied it. I also hear the chatter, obviously, that's gonna happen. So I wouldn't worry too much if you're in the States and waiting for this. So I think it's gonna happen. Yeah. Which is I don't which recommend is... people to import it though. I know some people are ready to do that. They're so anti meta or so I want right. new technology. I don't right. recommend it only because I've like mailed out headsets, the index to people in other countries. And it is just a total, you know, cluster F. Uh, it, it's, you know, if it breaks, you're kind of screwed. You're, right. you're spending you're right. more money. You you're don't right. need to. But then I totally agree with you. But then you don't know when it's going to come, right? And I, I still, I, I would still recommend to go through my affiliate links to import it. <laughs> if, you, if you want to get it to the States. Now that you know it, it works. But I agree. In general, I agree. Obviously, it's better to get the headset in your country. If something breaks, you would simply exchange it and you don't have the problems with sending it overseas. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> so hopefully it's going to come to the US soon. Like in mm -hmm. my opinion, like what I was on my channel, I think now is the, the window of op opportunity for Pico because now the Quest 3 is like one year away. The Quest 2 is old and the Quest Pro is too expensive. So I think right now they yeah. could sell like a shitload. I, I know in, in Europe they are selling a shitload. Like Amazon Germany is out of Picos now and mm -hmm. it, yeah. it has yeah. not even launched, you know? So yeah, it's it's they are selling them like hotcakes here. So 
I truly believe now is the window of opportunity and they should go to the US as soon as possible with this. Yeah, and that's that's one thing I said. Um, if you're currently in the market for your first ever VR headset, it's it's very tempting. It is extremely it's, tempting. It's like a no-brainer, actually. Really, if you don't if you don't want Resident Evil Four and these exclusive games, why not go for the Pico? It's a newer hardware. It's cheaper. It it does everything like the Quest, but better. Okay. Right, yeah, so I agree. Right now, they are in a great position and they did that very well. So let's see how soon they come to the US. I believe it's it's because they cannot produce enough um, units right now. So that's why mm -hmm. they wait for the US launch. And um, once they have fulfilled Europe and other countries, I believe they should be coming to the US. So hopefully Christmas 2022, that would be, that would be amazing if they yeah. can still do that, right? That'd be tough. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. that's why Index never went to certain countries. They just never, they were never capable to keep up with the demand. So right. they're just like, what's the point of announcing in other countries when you're never going to get a headset there anyway? You're right. You're right. But yeah, well, the US is such an important market. They, they should try to get it. But so, yeah, let's see. That's going to be exciting. Yeah, cool. So you have a very positive outlook, outlook on Pico. Good to hear. I um, think, yeah, I think Pico is serious competition. As yeah. much as people would get annoyed with me, Anytime I said that, um, it, it's true. It's undeniable. But, but people will be like, they're not in the U.S. market. And I'm like, you're right. but right. there's 300 million people in the U.S. And there's billions of people in their current market, like, you know, right. Europe and Asia. I'm like, yes, I understand the U.S. market's important. But, you know, if we're going numbers here. Right, right. And they're still selling not only in Europe, but also obviously in their own country, in China, <laughs> where, where there's no quest to, right? So, wow, they are... Like on the world scale, yes, it's huge, huge competition for, for Meta. Yeah, cool, cool. So looking forward to see um, how it develops. It's um, being sent out now here in Europe. And I believe that people will really like it. I really like it. And I will definitely create more content with it. There's no question <laughs> about it. You probably as well, right? And Tatiana, you too. You're going to get it. You bought it. Yes, yes. With my feeling, which I like. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I hope Pico 4 will be pushing VR as more than just um, um, uh, like a rhythm-based game kind of a device because let's not underestimate just how many people buy Quest 2 and just play Beat Saber on it, especially right. after they mod it. There's still a, a, a humongous, like a huge community of people who just do that. And... Um, I mean, I don't, I don't want to think that this is going to be the reason why Pico is not going to sell as good as Quest 2, because I don't want to believe that Beat Saber has that kind of power, but I also don't want to underestimate it. But that's why I sure. said that it would be great if they had some kind of a, like a real killer exclusive game. They, I think they really need it. It, it yeah, takes right. time. I think they'll get there. Yeah, sooner or later they will get there. I mean, right now they haven't launched the Pico 4 and the store is good. Like, like, like Matteo said, competent, really, absolutely mm -hmm. competent. So they will get there. They throw money at it. They have their Pico studios in the States where they're going to have those exclusive games or try to make that happen. So I think this will happen. And I, for myself, I'm really happy that finally there is competition now for Meta because it is also good for Meta because it forces them to be yeah. better. Right, it's it's just it's just normal. Once this competition, it's going to get better for everyone, and especially for us consumers. But on that same front, you know, okay, Meta has competition now, and their their move is well, they've now acquired nine of the biggest game studios, or nine right. major game studios. Um, I mean, I get it. You know, you want to make your platform the best. 
it, but we're gonna run into the we're probably gonna run into the exclusive wars that we see on Xbox and PlayStation. Agreed. And uh, that sucks in a way, but it's just the name of the game. I think so too. Uh, probably at one point in time, you simply have to have both Quest Three and Pico Five, you know, just to play <laughs> all the best games. Yeah, absolutely. So you know, I have a PlayStation Five, obviously. And I also can play Xbox games using the computer. So yeah, having both is better. <laughs> and probably that's going to be the same for for VR. And that's not a bad thing. So I think that is pretty okay. Good to have competition. All right, that is Pico 4. Now we're going to go to the next topic. Obviously, that's MetaConnect. And obviously, that is the Quest Pro. So before the Quest Pro, we had so many leaks about the Quest Pro. We've seen that uh, hotel leak, which was kind of exciting, which was kind of interesting. We've heard all the leaks from Bradley. Um, sadly, it's Bradley. And yeah, most of them were true. And also even from Meta themselves, when that $800 price was going around, they said themselves, no, this is going to be way more expensive than $800. And they have, yeah, they, they, ha they are right. It's true. It's uh, $1,500. In the States, if you're in Europe, it's 1,800 euros, which is like, wow, it's so expensive. Anyways, they have announced it. And let's have a look at, together at the specs. Yeah, the resolution. It was it was a bummer, honestly speaking. They did not yeah. say it. They did not say it at the at the event themselves, but later we found out that actually it's only a resolution of 1800 by 1900 per eye, which is the same resolution like the Quest 2. So, Matteo, what do you think about it? Was it surprising for you as well? What are your thoughts that, about that it? That was surprising because that's one thing we were hearing that the you know resolution would be closer to what like the Pico 4 has now. Right. Mm -hmm. um, I, you know, I can't say why if that changed or why it changed, but yes, that's a disappointment. I felt so too. That was a disappointment. However, um, Tatiana, you looked through it and you enjoyed it, as in it was it was better than Quest Two, right? Tell us about it, that. It was absolutely better, and you wouldn't be able to tell that it is the same resolution. Um, like if you put on the headset and they told you, "Okay, this is twenty one hundred by twenty one hundred," you were like, "Yeah, it's so much sharper." I can <laughs> you would have that, totally but... believed it. Yeah, but it's it's not. And uh, um, like I've tried some experiences that required you to see the small print, like that DJ equipment where I was like mixing some tracks and you had to follow the tutor and uh, click on the right buttons and switch the, the tracks. So um, that all kind of required you to, to read through those buttons or those little uh, blobs of text. And it was very clear. And the sweet spot was pretty large too. And they right. told me that that was allowed by the incre increased pixel density. And okay. I'm trying to find like exactly how much it was increased. Uh, it was better. <laughs> yeah, so like 30, they didn't say exactly how much. They, they just compared it to question. They say it's 37% more pixels per inch and 10% mm -hmm. more pixels per degree than MetaQuest 2. And that allowed for a much better clarity. Like visually, you can totally see the, the difference. And of course, the, we talked earlier about the local dimming technology. Oh yeah, tell us about the colors. So this should be like a much better blacks probably, right? And 
How, how, did, how did it look compared Supposedly. to Quest 2? See, one thing <laughs> that I was kind of disappointed at is that they, would, they wouldn't let us try any true immersive experiences where you would be like oh. in this world and start like shooting zombies and walking dead or something. Right? Yeah. It's not, but that's the kind yeah. of game that would really show you those blackest blacks that are the, uh, the back like display is dimmed in the black so you can totally see it black and not just dark gray um but i did see some like really colorful scenes where they put me in, in figment so figment is like a creative tool where you can create interactive scenes assign physics to them so that it's not just an art installation it's actually an interactive um scene where you can play mini golf people can build all kinds of intricate things so those were super colorful and rich and another one in uh, in horizon workrooms you'd be sitting with other people in this online office and they could switch the environments so one at one of these environments i was just sitting at the beach another one was this concrete jungle like in the somewhere in the middle of the city so though that's where the colors were really popping was really bright and really colorful but again okay. i didn't have a quest 2 with me i couldn't put them side okay. by side like through the lens but i Got was it. impressed by the brightness i wish i could see the the black uh, colors a little bit right. we'll we totally check it out once we have it so yeah tell us a bit more about um here okay pancake fresnel lenses we've uh, pancake non-fresnel lenses exactly mm -hmm. refresh rate is 90 hertz not 120. Mm -hmm. um field of view claimed 106 degrees horizontally and 96 vertically so this means mm -hmm. actually this is a step up from quest 2. Um, could you could you appreciate that when you tried it yeah quest 2 has what 90 i think yeah quest 90 uh, four ish yeah, it depends yeah yeah, <laughs> so, especially after trying Pimax, I can never unsee this P mask now. anymore. <laughs> okay. It's it's all it, it's there all the time. Um, with with Quest Pro, I think it's kind of like with Pico Four. What Matteo said, I could tell it was maybe a little bit better. Mm -hmm. um, but the difficulty here is that again, they let us experience this mixed reality apps. And in most of them, you could see your real environment anyway, and it was in right. full color. And did it you, looked. Did you have those blinders, or did you not use the blinders? In many of the apps, I didn't even use the blinders. So they ah, would, okay, yeah. then so you cannot tell. Obviously, for yeah. every application, they would give a separate headset. So there is, uh, you know, there are f six different rooms, six different headsets. So you you're not just wearing the same headset for every application. So I come here. They give me a sanitized headset. That one for this Got specific it. app doesn't have any any uh, light blockers. And you could see like in my videos, if I'm standing like this, you can totally see my eye. You're right. It's almost like just hand hanging in front of my eyes. And they said that in many of these experiences, seeing your real world is actually beneficial because you can see your keyboard. You can like see what's happening around you. Yeah. I'm like, but I want to be immersed. <laughs> like, put me yeah, inside. We, we the are office. the VR enthusiasts, obviously. So yeah, that makes sense. So, so I, I wish that I had a little bit more time being completely blocked from VR, not just the partial blockers, mm -hmm. I could still see like the, the gap in my um, close to my nose. But but from what I could tell, those experiences that I did have the light blockers on, the F FOV was bigger, just because I didn't have that annoying feeling that I'm wearing a ski okay. mask. Okay. So just based on that feeling.
Okay. Yeah, I find it pretty unbelievable that they still want to charge like $50 to have that full blinder. What do you think, Mateo? It's magnetic. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's magnets are expensive. $4 in plastic, probably. Yeah, yeah uh, exactly. Maximum. I, I'm, I'm really curious on their approach, you know, for content coverage on this. Uh, obviously, you know, it's also an expensive device, so they probably don't want to send it out to a thousand people, you know, to eat that cost. Maybe that's a minor cost for, for them. Like it's, Meta. it's nothing. Yeah, exactly. But but I think the current consumer market or the current uh, the current VR enthusiasts, you know, like would look at this for their current needs and it wouldn't align with their current needs and use cases. And they probably wouldn't have much, you know, positive to say about it. And they knew that and they said, okay, well, we can't have no coverage because that looks like a conspiracy. <laughs> and so we'll, you know, we'll give people, but we'll have them come in. Well, you'll show yeah. them some dedicated experiences, like the direction it's going in. So they have an understanding and then it's they can controlled. do some coverage and, you know, talk about the, the pros and cons that they see of it. Yeah, yeah it, it was very like guided. Those experiences was very obvious that they were really pushing that productivity and mixed reality features, which was really cool. Like in what it is, that mixed reality, like feeling the real 3D in pass through was amazing. I wish that I got to play more with eye tracking and face tracking. They didn't actually have uh, any apps that were designed with eye tracking in mind, with eye tracking having an impact on UI, right? Where you're selecting a menu with your gaze, where you're popping some balloons, like just by looking at them, which is something you can totally do with this headset. But they just leave it with developers to for them to come up with something creative like that. I, I think they don't know the best use case yet. You know, this is like very much a dev kit. This is very much like, listen, we need to bring VR out into the rest of the world. But how do we do that? And I don't I don't think they're 100 percent sure what the best use case is. And they gave it a lot of like technological bells and whistles. And they want, you know, the enthusiasts and and basically enterprise to figure out where this thing really excels and then what the next step is you know how did i keep getting it till eventually it's something as convenient as like a phone because that's the market they really want mm -hmm. yeah they want they want xr to be as convenient as your phone and i would love that but we're a long long way from there no, but they are offering these SDKs for all dev developers. They're saying this is going to be so easy for developers to to you to just take it and use it right away, like the SDKs for like these past two experiences for eye tracking, for face tracking. So that's true. They're giving them all the freedom. But for now, the only thing that they were focusing on was face tracking for social experiences. They weren't really interested in in being creative or trying to come up with something um, experimental. It's more like, here's your face. You're going to have so much better expressiveness where you're in the meeting, you're doing a presentation. So more of a expected stuff. But I really want to see that creativity and that really out of the box thinking that we're already seeing like with mixed yeah. reality on SideQuest alone, how many mixed reality apps are there that just like taking it completely to the next level and they're not on the official store because they're still experimental but with these new features i just i can't wait to see what devs will come up with me too but like this it does feel a bit like uh yeah developers um headset right so yes. Yeah. Yes. right, right? Yes. 
It, it's mm-hmm. something like this. So people who want to make these experiences, they now can in a great way, way better than with mm-hmm. the Quest 2. And well, then we have a store full of these cool apps for the next iteration. Once it's better, with a much better battery life, right? Probably the Quest 3 is going to be full of these experiences. Yeah. Talking about battery totally, life. <laughs> now it totally we get, made mm. me feel. Actually, uh, you, sorry, but you, you, you made a really good point. It totally made me feel like the target uh, consumers of these headsets are going to be developers. Right. Because they said it multiple times. This is for creators, for developers, so for sense. engineers, for like out-of-the-box thinkers. Um, they showed all these very professional, specialized apps like Arcio for architects, right. um, like Makes Figment for, for creators. So uh, they, they, they. Um, I don't know how else they could emphasize that you can create in it and not just consume. Yeah, and I think there's going to be some industry where you have those creative people who like to be on the bleeding edge of technology who are going to utilize this and find out, wow, it is absolutely amazing for X, Y, Z. And, totally you know, maybe absolutely SG isn't what Meta is trying to cram down our throat right now. Uh, well, probably not for this device because it's not a consumer level device. So, you know, uh, going into the metaverse with this is really not the device we're going to be using. We're going to be using a device later down the road. Uh, but yeah, so we will find people who either find this amazingly useful in their field or some developers who find a way to utilize the technology in some amazing way that we're like, wow, we need to have that. Totally agreed. Absolutely agreed. This this is uh, like the, the starting point of this whole mixed reality world, right? With the Quest 2, wow, we found so many cool VR games and uh, everything that could be done in standalone mode. But now, yeah, with the Quest 2, we got, we got a glimpse of it already, right? With that uh, black and white pass-through. And even with that black, black and white pass-through, they could do some cool stuff already. But now with that color pass-through and more sensors, it's going to be good, I believe the developers will show us magic with it. The same thing that we would dream of, of the augmented reality future, and now they can actually do it. However, obviously this device does have its shortcomings because it's the first generation. And this, in my opinion, is the battery life. When I heard it from from your videos and from Steve Knows, and they said like, okay, it has just one to two hours of battery life. So that is not really long. Yeah, to say it like this. And therefore, they they do supply this um, charging cradle, which is good. You can put the headset inside and you could put the controllers inside and then it's going to charge. However, then we found out that it doesn't have fast charge for the headset. So you have to put it back for two hours to use it for two hours. And in my opinion, that doesn't feel like so well thought through. What What are your thoughts about this, Matteo? So I think Carmack also elaborated on this a little bit in when he spoke afterwards. He said like the, the, the one to two hour is if you have everything enabled. So if you have like okay. every functionality running, okay. so eye tracking, facial tracking, this, that. He said you could squeeze out more than that. Uh, but, you know, okay. they got it. They don't know what your use case is. So if that's your use case, bells and whistles on. Yeah, you're getting two or less hours. Um, I, I think if you are someone who like, starts to use this for art, architecture, something like that. It won't be a big deal. You end up hanging a a power cable from this uh, ceiling or, you know, hanging one on the floor like we're used to in old school PC VR. And it won't be a big deal. Uh, You'll be charging while you're using it. It it probably won't throw you off too much. Um, 
Now, when it comes to like the slow charging, that is a bit of an issue. Um, but the battery that I think about is the controllers because you can't replace the battery in the controllers. Right. So your controllers go dead. That also is very limiting also. And no one has a clear answer on the battery life on the controllers. I've heard everywhere between two and eight. Mm -hmm. That's what I heard too. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So, so I think it, the I think the for the first creators like Tatiana and Steve knows they said like okay you were told it's like as long as the headset which would mean like two hours right this is what you heard right Tatiana uh, yeah but I think that that's a little bit of me being like lost in there <laughs> there were so many things happening in a short time okay. I really was like hundred <laughs> percent confident the controllers would not go dead in your in your in one session. Right. So later okay. on, we started gathering more detailed informa information about it, and we've heard that it was sort of being around two hours, but it wasn't confirmed. So I couldn't speak of it as a confirmed information. And then I think Boz went on Twitter to comment on some of this, and I've heard there between six to seven hours. Okay. So it's it's very strange. It's like a <laughs> it's like a legend on how much the controllers are actually going to last. Um, but yeah, it should last for one one session. Like you 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 yeah. can't be recharging your controllers while you're working on something. That's just yeah. Ridiculous. It's way too easy to be like you know just forget to put them back on the dock in the middle of a work day. So yeah. so you know they should be able to make it through a full. You know this is a work device. So most of a work day they should be able to make it through. And you could always add more power to the headset, but you're kind of you know stuck when it comes to the controllers. So yeah, that that number really needs to be out there, and I hope that's been considered. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you, Matteo. I think the controller life is super, super important. It it should be a whole workday, and the problem is you're coming from these Oculus Touch controllers where battery life is felt like forever. <laughs> yeah, you never have to kind of exchange those batteries, and then you're going to hours. Even if it's seven hours, it's going to be annoying. Just like you said, yeah. you know, you will not always put them back into the cradle. And then the next day you want to play or you want to do some work and, yeah, okay, you, you forgot to charge them. All right, the work day is gone. So mm -hmm. I think that's, uh, yeah, that's not really a great design choice. Of course, we all appreciate that those controllers are now better in terms of tracking. Now you can track everywhere. Even there's no line of sight to your headset, which is cool. And there's lots of more haptics, true touch. Tatiana, tell us a bit more about your experiences with these better haptics. How much better was it as compared to now the vibration? Well, with the, with the productivity apps, which are most of the apps that I tried, they really went on to, to provide as like precise and very very like delicate haptic feedback that you would get from the tiniest little actions that you do. Like because the controllers have a stylus on the back, right. you could use it as a marker. So you basically just turn it, and it's thin enough to where you can actually use it as a marker and uh, draw on a on a real wall. Like uh, it was set up set up in a way that the real wall wall in that room was aligned with the wall in VR, so you could feel <laughs> the actual wall feedback from the wall, <laughs> but also from the controller. Okay, a little okay, bit. sounds cool. So yeah, that was nice. And uh, um, there was an app that they had us play with that was basically like a haptic feedback testing. And again, that's the kind of app that would be cool to show to users after they have purchased the Quest Pro, but 
unfortunately, this is just an app for developers and we are not even going to play it, but I get to try it. And there were tons of little mini games where you would pick up different objects. And as you're holding like this wooden cube, it would be giving you a tiny bit of a feedback on your controller. If you press it a little bit harder, you're getting feedback until it breaks. Um, things like throwing darts and um, uh, playing xylophone, like with a little with little drumsticks so yeah those were just the just like a demo app that would show me the very very tiny very precise kind of a um feedback that felt much more delicate than just the rumbling on the original controllers um i was more interested in gaming though so i wanted Obviously, to see how that would work so yeah so i was telling this in my live stream too i i could i could see the difference in this precision kind of haptic feedback for me, it wasn't like a life-changing experience. I could totally go with the same feedback that I had with the original controllers. If right. I were to decide to stay with Quest 2, I would not be buying the controllers as an accessory for $2.99. I, I was fortunate not, enough not to have any serious tracking issues with my controllers. I never had an experience where I had to put, put controls behind my head and lose tracking. The same tracking. here. The tracking is so, so good already with the yeah. Quest 2, in my opinion. Right? So, so it's nice yeah. that we will be getting these controllers, but would I buy them for $300 just to have better tracking and, and better uh, haptics? I mean, Me if they no. eventually utilize them to help with like full body tracking, you know, because I know be cool. Supernatural yeah. has like knee strikes coming, right. which I'm wondering how they're going to pull off. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, if they use it for at least, you know, predictive full body tracking, uh, that's a use case, but that's probably not any coming anytime soon. Uh, yeah, I don't really see why you would get these controllers. They're, they're as much as, you know, the release price of the Quest 2 for exactly. a little bit more haptic feedback. Now, I personally think haptics cannot be understated. Like haptics, when they're not there, you notice. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, when they're missing, you notice it feels weird. Um, yeah. and, and like I said, if you probably played, like if you played some of your favorite games with enhanced haptics for, you know, a couple hours, then you went back to the quest two, you'd probably be like, oh, I kind of miss, you know, the trigger pull sensation or whatever it is. Again, uh, to you go miss back it. sucks. <laughs> yeah. But mm -hmm. is it enough to, yeah. you know, drop $300? For yeah. now, I would only buy them if I needed a spare pair of controllers. When my first one dies, I have right. a second one to play with. Yeah. But that's that's a lot. I wonder if someone can mod these controllers to have swappable batteries. That, that would, would be, that would, that would actually be better. improve the batteries. Of course. Yeah, but I also agree with you. I also don't think people are going to pick this up for their Quest 2, right? They have good controllers with the Quest 2 now with Oculus Touch. They like last forever in terms of battery life. So why would you exchange that for $300 and get these eight hour battery life ones where you have better haptics, okay? But it seems like it's not a life changer. Like yeah, I, also, I also love haptics and I'm so looking forward to the PSVR triggers, yeah. right? This the PS5, the trigger, the, the force feedback is exactly, it's like, it's, it's, it's such a game changer. Like the different weapons, they feel different, right? When you play with the PS5 <laughs> and this in VR, yes. <laughs> but it, it seems it's not like this with these controllers that we have here now, the Touch Pro. So yeah, not excited. And I also think not many people will pick this up for 350 euros here in Europe and yeah, $300 in the States. So. 
Yeah, I don't I don't understand that. It's, On sale. It's, it's a bit strange. Also, I think these controllers will not come with the Quest 3, right? Because if the controllers themselves already cost $300, Oy. right? They cannot yeah. put them to the Quest 3, which the whole thing will cost like probably $400. Right, so oh and maybe by then they can get the technology a little bit cheaper. Oh, that would be and good. They sell them as an option. That would be two hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully. And get full body tracking working. Then, then it's then it's yep. doable. Then, yeah, right. If this if this value proposition comes with the full body tracking, it's a yeah. whole different story. I agree. Like for the people who love VR chat and then have full body tracking with the controllers, that would be cool and it's probably doable. Then, right, right. Yeah, let's keep on talking about the yeah the Quest Pro though. What what else do we have? Let me check the. We should. I, I would like to mention pass through though. Yeah, yeah. The next. Um, this is why we're talking. Yeah, gonna, let's talk about the pass through, the color pass through. Yeah, I'm I'm curious because uh, Tatiana, you're the only one who's really tried it. Um, I've heard people say it didn't look great. The pass through. It doesn't look like real life. Okay. If you're expecting to see what you see now or through your the camera of your iPhone. No, it, it, the colors, mm, how to describe it. So that kind of felt a little bit like faint, faded out. Yeah, just not as bright as in real life. And it's quite noticeable that the colors are overlaid on top of your um, black and white sort of pass through. So I was wearing yeah. this bright clothes. I was wearing red pants and I could totally see the gray halo around it, which again, I haven't tried Pico 4, so I, I don't it's have good. that color pass through to yeah. compare to. And what about Lynx? Does Lynx have color? Or yeah, like absolutely. Yeah. It looks good too. Yeah. yeah. So I unfortunately, I don't have that to compare to. Soon I will, but not now. Obviously, that was a huge improvement for Quest 2. Is it like the best you can imagine? No, you can totally see the room to grow. Um, but it didn't have as much of warping, like distortions when you're moving things. I think there was one part that was caught when you move your hand like that, yeah. interacting with some 3D objects, and there was a background kind of distorting behind it. But they can be compared on the amount of distortion that you would see with Quest 2. So that was a definite benefit. Is it? That's that's probably the not even the black and white thing, but the distortions is something that just makes it unbearable to use yeah. any mixed reality experiences on Quest 2 functionally. Um, um, I'm trying to remember better whether it was close to one to one with the reality because I was asked. I'm asked this a lot whether. I, whether it was pretty seamless to transition from mixed reality to the real world. And especially because I wasn't wearing the light blockers. Um, from what I can recall, it was pretty similar. And I it, it didn't strike me like a fisheye right here and normal right there. Yeah. It was pretty true to life. So yeah. that's another plus to this kind of pass-through. But if you're expecting super realistic colors and like the reality in vr then no it's yeah. not it's not that it's not there yet but it's already good enough for you to enjoy those mixed reality experiences like i would say it's something you can get used to at a certain the, point i was testing this and it wasn't bothering me the pass through on the pico 4 looks fantastic but it's exactly. a single camera right and mm -hmm. it's it's more a novelty 
then you're going to be able to use it for mixed reality. I don't think they can solve it with uh, software because mm -hmm. it's almost like someone takes, you know, a perfect image of the world, like right through your camera. And they're like holding it on a giant sheet and just trying to follow you. It's so like it's you flat. almost realize, flattish. yeah, you kind of notice it's flat they, at times. Yeah, they, they try to make some fake 3D probably, but it's not yeah. working so well. Okay. Yeah, and like I was talking to my wife, I was wearing it. And I'm like, ah, oh, the pass around this is so amazing. And I had no depth perception and I walked right into the couch. Yeah. And, and I, like I just didn't, I, I was only like, I was only like two steps away from it. But with the pass through on, I just didn't immediately realize I was only mm -hmm. two steps away from it. And, mm -hmm. and I just took two steps right away and walked right into the couch. And I was like, right. Yeah. I was like, yes, it looks great, but I can't tell depth. Right. Yep. So like reaching for a doorknob and stuff, like until you see your hands, see the doorknob, you, you know, you're like a little off. Mm -hmm. Also, the hands you, are like too big. Like you don't have that feeling. Okay. These are my hands. Yeah. If you look at your yeah. hands, it's like, oh. Hands. You have to go, oh, okay, there's my hand. <laughs> yeah, hands. There it is. Yeah. Like, yeah, you don't, you Agreed. feel disconnected from reality. Yeah. And I was trying to wear it for a, a while uh, last night. And then my kid was like, you know, she's little. She's like, dad, mm -hmm. take that off. But um, I was Please. playing with her while wearing it. But um, it, it, it looks great. But I'm like, oh, my God, I can't stay in this. Because, you yeah. know, I know if I stay in this for a while, I'm going to take off the headset. I'm just, reality is going to feel broken. Mm -hmm. Right. It, it's, yeah, yeah. it's. It's a novelty. It's nice to have, uh, but software-wise, I don't think they'll be able to fix it. Yeah, it's one camera though. But you know exactly. what? I'm, I must say, like uh, after hearing what Tatiana said, I feel disappointed because I was sure the Quest Pro yeah. is going to kill it with pass-through. Mm -hmm. I was thinking like you put it on and wow, it is the world in front of you, just like as perfect as you could imagine with things overlaid on top of it. So Not that perfect. is super, that is kind of, um, yeah, disappointing, I must say. It does feel $4, like the real dollars <laughs> Yes, but it feels more like the real world than what Matteo is describing because... Okay, yeah. That, so the 3D is correct. perception You're, is there. You would not cool. walk into yeah. the table. So like okay. most of the experiences had something that would like be overlaid on the table. Like world, there was this app that the 3D map is being um, rendered on top of your desk. So, so you come close to this desk and you can totally see that it's overlaid on top of it. It doesn't just feel like it's floating in the air like it would on Quest 2 and I assume on Pico 4. Same with Figment. Several of the scenes would be rendered on top of the desk. Uh, with Paint VR, you could, uh, you could, you know, paint this painting and you can hang it on the wall. You can hang it on the ceiling. You can put it on the floor and um, it makes sense. It just, it, it looks natural. Right. So in that sense, I think you will be impressed if you are disappointed okay. by the flatness of the world on Pico 4. Um, not disappointed. Quest definitely does a better job at yeah. that. I'm not disappointed by the pass-through of a 429 euro device. Yeah. Um, I, I think I will be disappointed if the, for the 1,800 euro yeah. that this is not going to be amazing. But, but how about like if you look at your hands, is the size correct? Do you think like, okay, mm -hmm. yeah, these are, these are my hands? I try to remember, remember it now. <laughs> Think about um, your hands. So there are some apps that are mixed reality, but there is a virtual reality hand still overlaid over your okay, hands, even okay. though like it's mixed reality. Mm -hmm. And I think in those cases, I could see the outline of my hand being slightly bigger. Okay. So the 3D hands that are rendered on top of your real ones are true to size, mm -hmm. but the mixed reality that you see behind them is a little bit bigger. 
Okay. Um, yeah, but I know that it bothers me much more in Quest too. Okay. <laughs> it's all based on the one hour experience I yeah, had sure, sure, two yeah. weeks ago. So I'm, I'm really know, trying like, ah, of can answer all of our myself. questions. <laughs> no. But I mean, again, with the to go back to Pico 4 for a second, it's kind of like I said in the beginning from the Quest 2. Just take what the Quest 2 has, make it better. It's yeah. definitely better pass through than the Quest 2. There's no question about it. it of yeah, it's course. way better. And it's yeah. cheaper. And it's, it's, cheaper. There's, I mean, it's, there's no, it's really a there's great no... value proposition here. Yeah. yeah, right. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to try out the pass-through. Interestingly, mm -hmm. like what we also have learned, they have not put the, the depth sensor into the Quest Pro. So that's something that they wanted to do, what, what we heard from the, yeah, from the leaks. But then mm -hmm. in the end, they decided not to put it in. Yeah, it's a bit of a strange decision, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Matteo, what do you think about this? I, I can't really comment because I don't know what happened. Like, okay. I don't know what happened internally. I don't know how much that impacts the experience. You know? yeah. So until we know more information or someone internally starts speaking up, right. what can you really say about it? Right. Agreed. Yeah. Did, did you hear anything about this? Was this a topic somehow internally when you talk with the other ambassadors or is or, no? Okay. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Probably the pastor could have been even better if there was this depth sensor, you would guess, right? So now they have to do all kind of things with with these cameras that are there right now. Maybe yeah. that would drain the battery even more. You're yeah. right. You're or, absolutely right. You're absolutely or right. it could just be, you know, the supply chain. Could be. Could be. Uh, I mean, I don't really know what the issue is. And maybe they said, oh, we don't need it. You know, that's yeah. for stuff we're doing in the future. Right. Could be. We don't know. Right now, everything is, is strange and crazy. Yep. So, um, yep. Sebastian, tell us yes. what you are most excited about in Quest Pro. What am I most excited about? Yeah, actually, I was most excited about the, the pass-through and the mixed reality experiences. So You told me the face. Oh, oh this? <laughs> yes, you're right. You're right. This Actually, I am really most excited about this one because i do believe that this is really a game changer and i, I loved uh, in your video here let me show you. you you also did this kind of thing here right i did yes it was so <laughs> fun to play with these <laughs> showing now uh, this kind of what is it an alien or what kind of figure and then you can uh, see the different the, the different yeah. the different kind of uh, facial expressions that you can do with the face tracking and the eye tracking so absolutely agreed this is what what is like a game changer in my opinion if you meet other people in vr and um tatiana tell us about it how how did it feel did you meet others in vr who were using this or how was the the demo like about mm -hmm. the face tracking and the eye tracking so th what you see here this is the alien they called her aura and they gave her green skin and like all kinds of just human face to show the features so at first i got to just play with with that face for a little bit just to see what kind of features of biofacial expressions were tracked and uh it, it was not just eyes right it was like mouth and cheeks like you can puff your cheeks you can raise your eyebrows and make you makes you surprised which is so so mm -hmm. interesting to me that even eyebrows like so close to it were tracked making you can make yourself look you know surprised or angry or happy and um with a little dev tool that we were playing with we could even 
uh, increase the, I guess, the sensitivity of those emotions. So there was a trigger that I could pull to maximum, and then all the micro expressions would be tracked, and just it was a very weird grimace. Wow. Like when you open your mouth, it would be like down here, mm -hmm. and it was kind of kind of scary. But I I kind of suggested to them that you know you, they could add that tracker to users because there are some users who have naturally very expressive faces and some that are a little bit more reserved but i feel like in vr it all translates almost to the same extent like if you raise your eyebrows they like go like here in all avatars um but it would be interesting if they added the ability for users to control the extent to which they are expressiveness okay. is being tracked if that makes sense but for now yeah. it's not there uh i did try a few apps um actually all the apps that i tried supported multiplayer in some way so even if it's just the world like you're you can hop in the uh, google maps i think or um and you can hop there with with your friends or with other people and they were there um just exploring words with you and you can see their faces and their expressions. But uh, the other one was Horizon Worlds. Again, we were sitting in the office and there was this lady sitting across from the desk for me on the other side of the mm -hmm. of the country. And um, yeah, we were just chatting. She was explaining some tools to me. I was asking her questions. It was really fun. Like if I was talking to her, she would like, she would raise her eyebrows and mm -hmm. she would wait for me to, to finish and that she would start. So it, it's, it's definitely a different kind of a level of interaction felt a lot more like talking to a human than an expressiveless avatar. Uh, I could definitely appreciate that. But again, this is something that at launch you will only be able to enjoy with social apps. Mm. Yeah, it makes sense though, right? But I, but I think that some games will be supporting that. I've heard that Zenith would be supporting. That would be cool. Face it's also a social app. Yeah. It, it is a game though, right? It's not yeah, the right. goal of the right. game is not socialization. The goal is playing, yeah. but you happen yep. to socialize with people. So it's even more fun. So if more games, if more multiplayer games uh support these features, then it's going to really get value. Because I, I don't know about you, I don't just go to VR chat to hang out with people. I like playing some multiplayer games when I happen to interact with others while I'm also playing. So seeing their facial expressions and having this different level of connection would 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 definitely improve that experience makes sense it absolutely does make a huge difference like um i remember i was doing a live stream in vr chat one day and i was like turning and looking at the camera and winking at people and then i'm like you guys can't see but i'm, I'm winking at you right now <laughs> um, no you could totally do that it would be so cool just and, and then i did the meta movie in neos vr which is amazing uh, so I did the meta movie and I did it with uh, Genghis VR and she has eye tracking. And I mean, mm -hmm. you notice it instantly, but, uh, you know, like one thing, it's so small, just eye tracking. But uh, so I was the star of the meta movie and she's like an observer and she gets to fly around in a little drone bot. And I had like, I think I had like four people like observers, part of the movie, they fly around in drone bots, but they can interact with you. But since she had eye tracking, she was the only drone bot that can close and open its lens. And I, I knew that was her. So it just added so much to the experience by just right. being able to wink. Mm. Right. Makes yeah. so much sense. I do think this is a game changer for social VR. It makes it so much better. However, right now, I also believe it's going to be like a, a two-class society. 
<laughs> right? Because not many people are going to have those Quest Pros. Most people are going to run around with a Quest 2 or with a Pico yeah. 4. And just a few ones will have these super ex expressive avatars, which is a, a bit sad. And what I think is even more sad, it seems like in the Quest 3, if the leaks are true that we heard from from Bradley, there's no eye no eye tracking face tracking. Yeah. So even next generation of people who are going to get the cheaper headsets are not gonna get it. It's kind of sad, right? What do you think, Matteo, about this? Uh, Sorry. I, I think that you know that definitely is a surprise because we know the PlayStation VR is getting eye tracking. Exactly. It seems like it's gonna be it seems like it's gonna be in the new headsets. Um cool. we I don't know why, you know, Meta would be making that choice. Uh, you know, uh, numbers just came out on fixed foveated rendering versus eye tracked foveated rendering, and there isn't really a, a great performance benefit there. Okay. Uh, maybe it leads to a slightly better experience, and it makes a bigger difference at higher resolution, so it makes more sense for the PlayStation VR. Mm -hmm. uh, but I don't know why they would make the decision to cut it out. It's cost saving. It's, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, they're pushing facial and eye tracking right now. We see how cool the technology could be. Are they going to sell it like aftermarket? I can't imagine them doing that. I can't, no, and me neither. I yeah. refuse so, to I don't believe know. this. And I think that, you know, this could be one of the cases where this is an early leak that doesn't represent a full picture of Hopefully. what we'll see a year from now. It's, a, I mean, it's still at least a year away from now. Right. Quest Pro just got announced, it's not even released. I mean, why are we speaking with such confidence that it will never ever be there when it's all still kind of in development well, i mean right that's yeah, what right. i well, hope <laughs> not to not to say that i don't trust sally's brother that's exactly what he found and i trust that he found that but might not be the final blueprint just like to not to defend him but there is more proof in stuff like that because supply chain and stuff are just so much like you got to get that ahead you know so far yeah. in advance Mm -hmm. Right. That usually you can kind of, you know, know the technology before it comes like we knew with the Quest Pro. Like it's been a year. We knew like basically everything that thing had except a different LCD panel. Uh, okay. So it, it's very possible. That's not to say it couldn't change, but it's not looking fantastic. It's not looking so exciting agreed mm -hmm. and also there's still the cost factor probably if they wanted to have all these um, eye tracking face tracking they would probably have to have another extra um, chip like the quest pro has and that would be more expensive and they need to sell this for a cheap price to compete against the pico 5 <laughs> which is going to come out when the quest 3 comes out right so Yep, that that would be sad not to have eye tracking and stuff, especially for it's also interesting for Facebook for Meta because normally you know they they like to gather as much data as possible and wow eye tracking is such a wealth of information that you can get from this, so it is a bit surprising. Yeah, mm -hmm. you're right. If they if they if they really only think that this will be used for two cases, a in Quest Pro by developers who will use it to animate their avatars and create games, you know, where the avatars are, their faces are animated using this technology with Quest Pro. So they're hoping the developers will buy Quest Pro to improve their game development process and be in social apps, but more like collaborative spaces where they will be giving presentations. You'll be able to read people's faces and see how they are reacting to what you're saying. So 
rather than just having a social experience goofing around with friends um, without a particular purpose and have eye and face tracking. So that would be the only way for uh, I could explain it, why they would only decide to keep it in Quest Pro for professional meetings where facial eye tracking is important and for developers to include that in their, you know, that SDK in their gaming development, but not for regular gamers. Okay. Well, I think in the future, we're all going to have it. And PSVR 2 is going to make such a difference because this is a mainstream headset and we all will try it and have it. So, yeah, we will mm -hmm. kind of love it, I think, this kind of eye tracking and stuff. Yeah, thanks, Norman Robinson, for sending over Super Chats. <laughs> so, um, yeah, he wants like a podcast with us wearing the Quest 2 and having these facial expressions like like VTubers would have. Yeah, <laughs> but then the thing is, this show is more than two hours and the battery life will probably not make it happen. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll come back for that one. I'll come back with a Quest okay. Pro and, okay, I, and yeah. I'll do it for the that... hour and 30 minutes until our headsets go dead. Yeah, yeah, right. right. Oh, <laughs> we, we just keep them plugged in. Yeah, okay. So we have talked nearly about everything about the Quest Pro. Let's talk about price, obviously. So $1,500, $1,800, it makes it more expensive. It's, it's very expensive and it can, kind of puts it out of the reach of the gamers. Or Matteo, do you still think that gamers will pick this up because they do want to have this better clarity and the better controllers? What are your thoughts about it? So, um, you know, to that, because I've had this conversation so many times on online because people have been like aggressive with me that, okay. no, okay. this is going to be the superior gaming experience. <laughs> okay. And people have been fighting me on that. And I'm just like, no, but why? And why? Yeah, exactly. Why? Why would this be a better like, gaming experience? You're not They decided it yeah. six yeah. months ago that it will be. <laughs> So they're getting, you're not getting your eye tracking and facial tracking in game. So right. you immediately cut that out. Your screen resolution isn't better. You probably do get more clarity with the better lens. Okay, sure, it's more comfortable, but it might not last as long as your Quest 2. And you're also playing, paying over three times the price. And then you're going to buy a facial insert cover and a battery pack on top yeah, of that. Exactly. It, how can you justify this for gaming? No, it's, it's I mean, really, I understand you cannot. Yeah, I understand the enthusiasts will spend like two grand on a Pimax and they do like flight sim for like eight hours a day. Um, mm -hmm. I can understand that, but it's very niche. But even in the niche market of people who want the best, you're probably still better off getting with a peak, a Pico four than right. the pro if you're going to game. I, I just think... don't get it. I, I agree with you. And here, you know, for the Quest 2, at least you can totally mod it with some cool head scraps yes. and the battery stuff, and, right? But the Quest Pro is like one piece. It's just like one piece. And I don't think that people are going to mod it so much as the Quest 2, right? What are your thoughts, Tatiana, about this? Do you think um, like um, gamers, enthusiast gamers will pick this up or, or rather no? No, I totally agree with Matteo. It's a complete overkill if yeah. you're buying it for gaming. You can. And it will be an improvement from Quest 2. Like you will notice okay. the improvement okay. in gaming. You will mm -hmm. notice the better colors, deeper darks, better clarity. Colorful pasture will be cool for all these experimental experiences. But just knowing that all of that probably could be available to us for I don't know eight hundred dollars if we didn't get all the extra stuff that was mostly main, meant for productivity. Um, 
that would bother me if I were to buy a $1,500 headset just for gaming. Um, I would definitely shop around and see what's there. Or worst case scenario, I would wait and uh, see what other companies might come up with that is actually targeted towards gaming. Like if I were to buy for gaming, I would be looking for the headset that's targeting people like me and not just try to justify the cost by, you know, just physically dragging all these capabilities and translating them into gaming. It feels a little forced. You know what I mean? Like I was testing all of that. And in my head, I'm like, I I would have to work really hard to to twist this into a gaming focused headset review. Like I can't just lie about it. I have Mm -hmm. to say that this is just not what it is. If you want it, you want it to be a gaming headset, you can lie to yourself and you can buy it and treat it like a gaming headset, but you're going to be suffering from little things like, you know, this battery life, just the fact that you need to buy a light blocker that was supposed to be there in the first place. If this is a gaming headset, like you claim, right. you're just, it's just an overkill for yeah, no reason. Yeah. You have to lie to yourself. You're, you're dead on for that. And the other half of the equation is the software. You're getting the same quest two games. You're not getting exclusives. No. Nothing. It, it, it's exactly. too niche. No one's going to exactly. say, Let, let's take advantage of the extra 50% and extra four, uh, six gigs of Ram on the quest pro and give people a better experience. That's a waste of time for developers. You know, there's there's really no developers that are going to spend the time and money and effort to do that because it's not in their best interest. So you're going to be playing these experiences that are the same as the Quest Pro. And it's not like, OK, well, PC VR uh, again, you know, it's not the most ideal headset for PC VR. You can do better for less. Yep. Yep. That's exactly that. You can do better for less unless you want everything in one, but not the best in anything. Yep, right, right. So it's interesting for me to ask the question, does this product as it is right now, does it really have product market fit? So we know it doesn't have product market fit for gamers, not at all. But does it have like a target audience? Do you think that the businesses are going to snatch this up and say like, wow, this is exactly what what we've been waiting for? I do believe it does fit into this HoloLens area, right? So these companies who are probably using HoloLens right now, they might think about re- replacing it with the with the Quest Pro. What are your thoughts, Tatiana? Mm-hmm. Do you agree with this, or do you think it has product market fit? From the conversations I've had with the developers who are showcasing their apps, they all were super excited about working mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. with Quest Two, and yes, many of them Quest compared Pro, yeah. it to. To Quest Pro, yes, uh, and and many of them were comparing it to more expensive alternatives and saying okay. that look, this is so much cheaper and it can do so much more and it's so like so much easier to work with it and look what all these things that we could create. Like I could see the passion with mm. which they were sp- speaking about their developing experience for this headset, and I could I could tell that they have like more coming on uh, for it. So I'm. Not a developer, but I would imagine, I would hope that they have surveyed and built collaborations with lots, lots of developers before even announcing any of these details. And they have mm-hmm. scavenged for the information on what is it that developers need and what gaps can this headset fill. And I hope that at least that they managed to do successfully. If they weren't targeting gamers, that maybe they were targeting developers to an extent that they could, could sacrifice the gamers market in favor of offering this awesome headset for developers to create 
these experiences. Right. So right. yeah, I def it's definitely something I want to believe. And uh, so far, I haven't seen anything that would prove, prove it okay. otherwise. Well, compared to something like Holland's 2, this is ex this is cheap, right? At 1,500. What are your thoughts, Matteo? Do you think it has a market in that uh, enterprise market? I, I think it's very much like dev kit E. Mm -hmm. I, I think right. they're going to be, like we discussed earlier, there's right. going to be some industries that say, we think we can put that to good use. And right. then they'll show us you know, a serious use case, and it might spread. But I can't imagine like an average office place being like, let's enhance our Zoom meetings. <laughs> exactly. I and think let's exactly do some Excel sheets. And yeah. like, just think about it. It's like, oh, yeah, well, you could put it on and have as many screens as you want. No. But the screen is 100 bucks. Like, you know, like a 27-inch screen you get for like 100, 150 bucks. So, uh, it, you know, is, is the productivity value there? Probably a, not, except for very specific use cases. What they are, I don't right. know yet, though. Probably, I can see that. Like engineers working on that uh, 3D model, right? They meet from from all the places around the country. And they meet in VR and, to and they they look at this 3D model. But I agree with you. Like the normal workforce, like people who are in the office and who are meeting for a, a Zoom meeting or a Google Hangout, they are not going to use the device. They are still going to do that Zoom meeting on their two hundred dollars camera laptop. on. Yeah, exactly. You know, in a Zoom meeting. Yeah, exactly. But the mobility yeah. in productivity you'll be getting. If I really was like I able to have the multiple screens connected to just one little laptop, I probably would be taking away more days off for yeah. traveling and stuff. I if mean, you really can open your laptop and yeah, um, monitor costs like a hundred, two hundred dollars, but can you really move them around with yeah. you cross country? No, you're right. Uh, that and we thing. we have become a much more work from home planet, so that that does you know enhance this, but. There's still a lot of traditional workplaces. You know, there's your cubicle, Most. sit down, shut up. Right. Agreed. Yeah, but I like the idea in general, um, Tatiana, that you mentioned, okay, you, you bring the device and you put it on and then you have these uh, three virtual monitors. I love that idea. But this device is still a bit bulky though, <laughs> you know? I, I don't think it's so small. Like um, for the Quest 2, at least you could easily put it in the backpack. But this is like one piece. It's like one solid piece. I don't think it's so easy to travel with that. I still believe it's it's more like for these engineers who are looking at their mm -hmm. 3D model. And in the future, sure, when those glasses look like, like this, yeah, then you can bring all your monitors, your virtual monitors with you, and that's going to be more exciting. But, well, you have to start somewhere, right? You have to it's start like somewhere. Said, and yeah. probably that is the start. That is the start, exactly. So for that, it's cool that Meta is actually like, um, yeah, doing this first step. Somebody has to do it and they did it. And for that, I congratulate them. What I don't congratulate them for is not even mentioning the Quest 3 at all for us <laughs> gamers. What What is your thought about that, Matteo? I thought they were at least going to pull like a what's in the box like they did last year. Right. Uh, you know, I thought they were going to just be like, yeah, we have this exciting box and then don't talk about it. But we know it's the Quest 3. Uh, I don't least. know. Yeah. Uh, sadly, it's Bradley is talking to some like uh, meta doomsday preppers at this point. He, you know, he's he's some people are saying outlooks are bleak, wow. um, you know, which, you know, he just dropped it. Like I was like, listen, you can't just drop a comment that says delayed or canceled uh, in reference to the meta three on Twitter and walk away. I'm like, you can't wow. do that, man. <laughs> wow. That, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, I, I don't know why. Why do they do it? 
I don't know. I don't work at Meta. I don't yeah. know what their decision is. Um, maybe things are still too in flux, like we we touched on before. Maybe it's mm -hmm. too in flux. Maybe it's further away, or maybe they're sick of mentioning stuff and then people getting pissed, like uh, GTA. They mentioned something, <sighs> yeah. and then people are like, "Where's GTA? Where's GTA?" Yeah, where so they're like, ah, "We're sick of that." <laughs> okay, okay, could be. Yeah, um, Tatiana. What were your thoughts when you watched the show and when you did not see the Quest 3? I didn't expect to see anything about Quest 3 just because I think that that would take away from Quest Pro. Okay, yeah, yeah. That's, a, whole, that's another point as well. Agreed. The whole event was all about here's our professional-grade yeah. headset. Here's all the partnerships we did. Here's all the, you know, the um, like Microsoft and all of this uh, um, Outlook. So basically, it was all catered towards the productivity and development and businesses and corporations. But there was Games this gaming. Kind of, there, there was this yeah. gaming part, which was a bit, uh, yeah, sad. Yes, but it was it was really like sad, like a little corner that <laughs> yeah, it, yeah an, we an have exhibition that nobody wants to go there. They just kind of put it there. And uh, no, I I just think that that would take a. They were probably okay. afraid that if they even said a word about Quest Three, that would be everything everybody is buzzing about yeah. because of how disappointing Quest Pro is for gamers, and gamers yeah. would cling to anything that would cater to what their expectations were. So, yeah, I I wasn't I wasn't disappointed just because I didn't have that kind of expectation. Okay, got it. Yeah, I was really disappointed not to get any more information about uh, GDA San Andreas. And <laughs> just like uh, Matteo <laughs> just said, I was really, oh. I thought like, okay, now now give it to us. Like one nope. year, we've been waiting for yeah. it. And like one year, some people actually, yeah, they were like buying the Quest 2 or like recommending the Quest 2 because of GDA. But now we heard nothing. Do you Probably think it is still product. going to happen, Matteo? I think it'll happen. Um, you know, well, we know Splinter Cell was canceled. And I know, think yeah. what's going on with Assassin's Creed is just it would, just wasn't a good game. And they're, internally, Ubisoft is deciding, do we fix this and make a good game or do we give up? And they're like, well, we also have bigger problems. So whatever, back burner it. I think that's that's what limbo Assassin's Creed is in. GTA, they said it's in the early stages. Mm -hmm. You know, when GTA was doing like their, their, their uh, trilogy remake and whatever, it, someone was probably like, hey, we could probably port this also to VR or, or you know, meta probably a potion. They're like, yeah, we could do that. Okay. When so they announced it, early, I knew like they were early. at least two years out. Okay. Yeah, probably comes together with the Quest 3 then as a launch that title. That would be something. that would be cool. <laughs> that would be but it's not like <laughs> but it's not like they said nothing about GTA. They we already know. It's yeah. not like we only have rumors about Quest 3. They could have teased it more. They could have teased more games. I'm sure they're working more uh, on more things that they actually let us know about. Yeah. Um yeah. There's so. there's a few out there that, you know, I know they're working on that uh, you know, people's heads would explode. I'm pretty confident they're working on. Um, remember, they've acquired all these studios and these studios haven't done anything. And um, like, I know how long it took them to get like Resident Evil 4 out. Resident Evil 4 was like a years long project. Mm -hmm. So just think about that. So like in like when the Quest 1 launched, they were working on that and just got it, you know, into the lifespan of the Quest 2. 
So yeah, it's very possible that this, you know, they don't want to do that, name it, because it might not be a product that uh, that lands until the next generation. Right. Mm. Makes sense. Mm. Makes sense. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy to think about it, that they could be developing all these games that will work on Quest 3 or maybe even Quest yeah. 4. Yeah, sure, they do. It, it takes a long time, right? It's not a simple task to make a great game. Yeah, so the games that we heard of, well, I was not so excited about it. Well, okay, it's Iron Man. I played it on PS PSVR, which I, I liked it, right? But it's yeah. not so exciting to to get these old games from PSVR 1. Or, or mm. what do you think? Uh, what are your thoughts about Iron Man? I know that some people already got to try it. I haven't watched their reviews yet. So I've what, from what I've heard, the game is actually pretty neat, but the it's controllers neat. were janky. Okay, okay. So if the obviously the controllers are going to be fixed and on Quest Two and especially in Quest Pro, hopefully that was the only thing that was holding back the game. I actually don't mind an older game coming to Quest Two. It's sort of like yeah, giving it new you're right. life. Why not? Um, Absolutely. So many people never would never get to try it because you're right. PlayStation yeah. VR is like that not not as widespread. So right. Yeah. That's a good point. Just like for somebody like me who has already played it, it's not so exciting. I would obviously I, I would like to I like it. to try new games, right? I like try for... to avoid that. Like that's you know, like I try to avoid that mindset. You know, we okay. can't. It, but it's a very selfish mindset. It's like yeah, Iron Man's old news. It, it is. I Iron Man's old news. It. I played it. You're right. You're um, right. But again, that the vast majority of the VR community didn't. So this is exciting. Mm -hmm. This is cool. It's okay. not exciting for us. You're right, but you're right with this mindset. It's I should be happy for people who have not played yeah. it. <laughs> exactly. So one thing nobody has played it's Behemoth, and we <laughs> we didn't we didn't really see so much of the game. We saw a trailer. It seems like to be very cold where the game plays, and uh, yeah. Other than that, we know it's from the Walking Dead Saints and Sinners studio. Um, yeah. Do you have Do you have any thoughts about about this about this game? <laughs> I mean. So I was in a watch party for uh, MetaConnect and like okay. I saw everybody be like, oh, Skydance working on something new and get excited. And I'm like, guys, it's just going to be a title drop. It's yeah. just going to be a title. And then like when this. they were just like, oh, Behemoth. <laughs> and then it just ends. They're like, that's it? Yeah, that's it. It, yep. it looks so. It looks so nice, though. But we we, we it looks we like nothing Skyrim about, of right? 2023. <laughs> yeah. And it's more than a year away. And we just got a name drop. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I mean, listen, the uh, that studio can deliver. We know Skydance can deliver. Saints and Sitters is, is, you know, kick ass. So, you know, whatever it's about, it looks pretty cool. They just like, you know, you show the little camera shake at the end there. So some type and the giant hand. So some type of monstrous creature uh, scale is extremely important in VR. So that intrigues me. Okay. Good mm -hmm. studio. Interesting concept. I'm sold yep. already. Yeah, oh, that was that was soon. That's it. That's I pre early, man. It's early. I pre-order. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool, cool. <laughs> Behemoth, Behemoth. So, so the, yeah. that screen kind of looks like a claw. I just noticed that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I just right. noticed that. <laughs> now, it, yep. now it makes me even more excited about the but, scale. Yeah, that's going to be good. But I don't think this is going to be like an exclusive game, right? It's like Skydance, they have done like games for all systems before or do you think it's going to be an exclusive game for for the meta quest if quest if meta has their choice it's exclusive yeah of course of course <laughs> then everything's the studios going to be want to make their money um yeah. and they will sit there and say hey listen is it worth it to go cross-platform or not mm -hmm. uh these days it is 
especially like you were talking about in the beginning with side quest uh, you can have the same unity project to go you know quest and pico in two seconds right, right. Uh, and it is decently easy for some other platforms i know playstation's working on making it easier in certain directions so i i think they would definitely target uh you know cross-platform everyone's doing that now with quest and p uh yeah with quest and pico like everything new getting announced like yeah quest and p and pico 4 because right. why not you know why why limit uh your potential sales exactly right and then with pico you can even sell to china so it's it's a no-brainer it's an absolute yeah. no-brainer yeah okay cool another game that we knew already would be coming is Among Us VR. It's going to come on uh, November 10th, I believe. It's going to cost $10, so it's, it's very affordable. And um, yeah, what, what are your thoughts about this game? Is it something that you're looking forward to, Tatiana? Oh, yeah, I think it's something that everybody's looking forward to. It's just a really fun multiplayer experience. And I think I tweeted about it, uh, about, about that game. Oh, let's see. <laughs> Um, because like $10 and that was a highly anticipated game too. So right. people probably would spend more <laughs> on a game like that. Yeah, they would pay uh, for $15 as well. 15 or like $20 yeah. for yeah, it yeah. well made yes. and it really looks like a blast. So although someone did say that you can play something like that for free in VR chat now anyways. You can. Yeah, you could. So, you um, can. There, yeah. is a, there is a really solid VR chat experience for it. Um, mm -hmm. I've, I, you know, and obviously I can't talk about my experience, but I did the beta testing for uh, Among Us. Cool. Um, listen, it, they know what they're doing. Shell Games knows what they're doing. They're a good right. studio. So, so probably it's going to be a super polished VR version, $10. Everyone loves it probably. And yeah, mm -hmm. going to be big fun for everyone, right? So 10th of November. Cool. I must tell awesome. you guys, I have never played Among Us. I have no idea. Is it good or not? Do you play it in 2D? I've never played the flat screen version. Okay, no. okay. You also didn't play it. <laughs> Tatiana, I, played, you play it? I played a little bit, but after I found out that it's coming to VR. Ah, you didn't spoil yourself. But probably this is a game that you can play over and over again, right? It's always different. Yes, you have to find the imposter and stuff. Yeah. Yes, because it's um, it's a kind of experience that can make you really angry with some people. Yeah. I <laughs> so feel it's like perfect that's... for streaming, making content and all yeah. that. Right. I right. feel like that's the crux and the major benefit of it. Like, you know, like many other multiplayer games, uh, the people you go in with really like make the experience of and they yeah. can ruin it yeah. or make it extra fun. Yes. Yeah. With like Jackbox. I don't know if you've ever played Jackbox. No. Yeah. Um, it's also like an online game, but it's it's all based on on the like phone based experience where you get the prompt on the screen. Everybody sees it and you're responding on your phone mm -hmm. and that's actually very popular in america mm -hmm. and uh i think they have a copy of among us like their own version of among us in that mini game so my point is it all depends on the chemistry you have the, with the people that you're playing of course because it's all of based course. on interaction the game is just like a carcass right it's just a skeleton you're you make of it right you make your own fun with it yeah, so that is definitely something that I'm looking forward to, to play it with some friends and yeah, gonna be fun. Yeah, yeah, actually, we have talked about everything or is there anything more to add from MetaConnect, something that I missed? Uh, the Xbox. Ah, right, actually, yes, said, yeah. yes, the Xbox, th that is pretty cool, I think, that you can play, that you can, that the Xbox um, app will soon be on, on the quests. 
so you can uh, yeah stream all of your all of your quest titles or you can mm. yeah you can stream the the cloud gaming that is cool yeah. i think that is fantastic i love it and you could do that before with side loading but now you can actually have the original app there perfect what are your thoughts about it uh, mateo yeah i mean just going from you know uh side loading to an official app makes a huge difference right uh you know it makes it you know even going from app lab to the official store uh just makes a huge difference on how many people are going to use it and approachability or or you know uh, searchability but it, it's cool it's it's a it's, it's almost a semi weird direction but because it's like well yeah you're going to use a quest for microsoft games right um but i i see you know they have this partnership with microsoft so Microsoft was probably like, yeah, no, we want this app there because it gets people to buy Game Pass. So they're happy. Um, right. And actually it works for uh, Meta's benefit too because one of the things they don't like to talk about is how little people use their Quest 2. Now we're all enthusiasts. Mm -hmm. We wear them every day, uh, yada, yada. But yeah. the average person uses it two hours a week or less. Mm -hmm. And that's what they want to change. And that's why they pushed heavy into fitness and they're trying to find use cases that keep you in there more. And this, this is a good one. This is a great one. Yeah. Yeah. It was interesting to see in general how much Microsoft seems to invest into this kind of quest environment. It's, it felt like they're giving up their own thing, the HoloLens, right? In, in favor of the Quest Pro and of the quest environment with all the um, yeah Microsoft Office 365 stuff. It's going to happen there end with the Xbox Game Pass. Mm -hmm. So it seems like, um, yeah, Microsoft really is, is is giving up their own like HoloLens stuff and their own XR stuff in favor of, yeah, Meta, which was interesting to see in my opinion. Mm -hmm. At yeah. the end of the day, yeah. companies just want to make money. I'm sorry, I yeah. cut you off there. Oh, you're right there. But the the users even might be more trusting towards this product if they can see the big company investing and really yeah. bringing their products on this platform they can understand better how they can use the headsets now knowing that these companies are there just to jump off your point that people aren't using it nearly as much now they just they might not even know what it could be used for unless they do a very extensive research all mm -hmm. jumping all the rabbit holes of youtube uh, not everybody wants to do that but just knowing that Microsoft is such a big player now could be enough for them to start exploring that. Yeah, and actually it is fun to play 2D games on a giant screen. It works yeah. mm -hmm. really fine. It works mm -hmm. It works fantastically. It's it's better than to play on a normal screen, in my opinion. And it adds more value to the Quest. It does. Which is great. It's win-win. Microsoft makes some money. Yeah. And then, right. and then basically, um, you know, you get more value on your Quest. It's win-win. And to go back mm -hmm. to the HoloLens point, I mean, Microsoft isn't making money off the HoloLens. It's kind right. of like technology they're fooling around with. They lost their contract with the military for military yeah. HoloLens. They hated it. <laughs> yeah, they had soldiers throwing up. Right. So obviously, you know, it's fine for them to pivot. Every company is in the market of making money. And, you know, whatever the best decision is, that's where they're going to go, or at least attempt to go. Totally agreed. Absolutely agreed. 
All right. We have talked about everything that we wanted to talk about. Therefore, we're coming to an end. Thank you so much, Matteo, for being on the show. It was amazing. You're a very welcome guest here. And Tatiana, of course, like always, so great to have you here. And thanks for telling us about your um, Quest Pro experiences. What an exciting time for you and your channel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was great. It was. I, I like kind of talking about it because it reiterates yeah, right. the thoughts in my brain. So I retain it better. So when I actually get it. I will be oh, able yeah. to even compare my first impressions to what it actually feels like to use it on a daily basis. That's going to be exciting. And I will be sure going to watch your content about when <laughs> you have the device. Yep. So that's everything that we get for episode four of season three. Thanks all for watching and thanks for being here. Hit on the, the like and the subscribe right now on the, on the thumbs up, of course, the thumbs up right now. <laughs> and yeah, also please subscribe to Matteo311 and push him over the 50K subs. It's going to happen very soon. <laughs> eh, <whatever. laughs> yeah, that's, that's <laughs> it's a big game. No big game. 50K is nice. And of course, also subscribe to Tatiana's channel, Disco VR. Thanks for being here. And if you enjoy this podcast, then absolutely do give it a five star review on iTunes. Get out your iPhone phone and iPads, open the podcast app that is pre-installed, find this podcast and leave a great review so more people can find this. Other than that, we look forward to see you in the next episode next week. Until then, bye-bye. See ya.